Hey friend, welcome back to the Love Your Bible podcast. Today we're going to talk about four questions that every worldview has an answer for. Hey friend, thanks for joining me on this Thursday or whenever you happen to listen to this. Uh, Hey, I do want to say thanks for listening. I got a notification um, from the host company that hosts this podcast and uh, we hit 25,000 downloads, which I just thought was pretty crazy. Like I had this email, say, hey, congratulations, the podcast has hit 25,000 downloads. So Man, that's awesome. And so I put that on Facebook and some of you said, hey, I've listened to all of them or I'm still catching up and just want to say thanks for listening to the podcast. I know that you have a billion options of podcasts to listen to. I'm an avid listener of podcasts, so I realize that I've got my few and when I think about adding another one, it's just really hard. I've got to be selective. I can only listen to a few. And so if this is one of the few you listen to, man, I just want to say thank you so much because I appreciate it and hopefully it's helpful to you. And again, the goal is just to help you love your Bible, that you would cherish it because when you love your Bible, as you know, you love God, serve people, live a life that matters. And today we're going to talk about um, four questions that I think will help you to love your Bible more because you will see the Christian worldview answers reality better than any other worldview. And the Bible actually has answers for the deepest questions that we have. So, um, I remember when I was in seminary, we, we got this, uh, talking about these questions that every worldview must answer. And so basically if you think about it, a worldview is the way you see the world. So if you're a Christian, you will see the world, hopefully, through the Bible. You'll see it through the lens of Christ. If you are, um, uh, for instance, a, a Jewish person, then you'll see it in the in light of the Old Testament, but not Christ in, the coming, in his kingdom. Um, if you're a Muslim, you'll see the world in, in a certain way in the context of the Quran and Islam. If you're a, a secularist, if you're an atheist, um, New Age, like you're going to have different answers to the biggest questions that we have as humans, but every worldview, at the end of the day, they have to answer some basic questions that all humans are asking. And so we're going to talk about these four questions. And so the first question is, how did we get here? Like you have to answer the question, why is there something rather than nothing? And, um, okay, since we are here, like, like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we here rather than not being here? So the first question is, how do we get here? The second question is, what has gone wrong? The third question is, how do we fix it? And then the last question is, where are we headed? So these four questions, um, every worldview has to have some answer for these. So I really want us to think about our answer to these questions from a biblical worldview and then really the culture that we find ourselves in if you're an american listening we are in a very secular age where we've sort of adopted a secular worldview let's take god out let's put man at the center and let's think about the world really being man-centered rather than god-centered so how did we get here that's the big question so if you are a christian you answer that with a resounding 
we got here by God. Like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we believe in creation, that we are here because God wants us to be here. God made us. He made us in his image. If you think about Genesis um, 1 and 2, that that there is a creation, there is a creator, and we are here because of God. And that means that we, by the way, have purpose. We have value. We have dignity and worth. There's things we should do and shouldn't do. But if you look at a secular worldview and you ask that question, well, how do we get here? Or why is there something rather than nothing? There's really not a good answer to why there's something rather than nothing. It just it just is. It just happened. It was this accident. And so you can explain it by various ways. Um, but if you're a secularist, it's probably through the theory of evolution. There was a big bang that happened and then everything came through that. And we started out as um, very simplistic life forms that became more complicated. And you've got, you know, apes to humans and the, the whole picture of evolution. And so we are here because we have an explosion happened, um, everything came into existence, and then we have now evolved into the state we are now. So that would be the answer from a secular worldview of how we got here. But it really falls short when you ask the question, well, why is there something rather than nothing? And there's really not a good secular answer. If you remove God, and there's not really a good purpose answer. Like, what is the meaning of life? Like, why are we here? I remember hearing Elon Musk on a podcast. He was talking about the reason SpaceX exists. The reason he's trying to get to Mars is because he wants to answer the question, what is the meaning of life? And he thinks maybe if you get to Mars, you'll find it. I just thought, man, it's like one of the richest people on the planet that's doing some really cool things just to answer why we're here, why we matter, what's the purpose of life. But yet we're all asking that question. What is the purpose of my life? And if you remove God and you adopt a secular worldview or we're just accidents, we just came to be and there's no reason, then we have to form our own purpose, our own meaning, our own identity. So then we take, maybe it's, hey, our purpose is to save the planet. So we're going to drive an electric car and we're going to recycle and or, you know, maybe the, the point is to, um, man, get rid of oppression. And so we're going to fight against all of injustice. And if we can just have a world that is just and equitable, then everything's going to be great. So we have to sort of develop our own purpose and meaning. But at the end of the day, we gave it to ourselves. So it's really not a true meaning or a true purpose if you're the one who gave it to yourself. So how do we get here? The Bible says we are creations of God. He's the creator. That's how we got here. So it answers it very, very succinctly and truthfully. Then the second question that everyone's got to answer is what's gone wrong? Because if you're an atheist, if you don't believe in God, you also watch the news, you read your newspaper, you look around and you realize this is not the way the world should be. Like something in us says it shouldn't be that people kill each other, that wars happen, that people are trafficked, that there's overdose and and havoc and and just man, tornadoes and earthquakes and tsunamis and disease and cancer. Like this is something's wrong here. Right? So now, the biblical worldview has a really sharp and succinct answer. The reason everything is wrong 
is because of our rebellion. Genesis 3 spells this out. We've sinned against a holy and good God. We broke the world. Sin has ravished everything. We're living in a fallen world. That's why we have cancer, disease, um, natural disasters. That's why um, infants die. That's why you have genocide. That's why there's human trafficking. All these things exist because we've sinned and we've broken the planet and that's what's wrong with the world. But if you don't have that worldview, you have to still answer what's wrong. So maybe if you're an atheist, um, maybe if you're a secularist, it's, well, Christians are what's wrong with the world. If Christians wouldn't have all this morality and they wouldn't tell us how to live our lives, then we'd all be happy and good. Or maybe it's um, political. Man, it, the problem with the world is politics. If we had a new president, if we had a new um, house, if we had a new Senate, if we had new justices, if we had a new political system, then the world would be perfect. So it's a political problem, so there's a political solution, or maybe it's economics. Man, people just don't have enough money. So if everyone had enough money, then everyone would be happy and good. The problem is you look at countries that are doing really, really good, and they're often not very happy. So what's wrong? Well, in a secular worldview, it's really hard to really pin the problem and find a good solution because the real problem with the world is sin, which brings us to the third question that every worldview has to answer, and that's how do we fix it? In other words, is there any hope? Like, okay, the problem, I can look around and see the world is not the way I think it should be, but how do we fix it? Well, again, the Bible has a real clear answer. The problem is sin, and the solution is the atoning work of Jesus Christ that Christ died in our place for our sins and rose on the third day and he is ascended into heaven and he's coming back to bring his kingdom where righteousness dwells forever and there will be no more sin. So the fix to the problem is the cross of Jesus Christ, that Christ fixes our sin problem. That's our Christian worldview. The Bible has a resounding answer but if you don't have a biblical worldview, then the answer is how do we fix it? Well, you've got to, whatever the problem is, there's going to be a, a reasonable solution. So as I just mentioned, if it's, well, poverty, then riches is the solution. If it's politics are the problem, then politics are going to be the solution. If it's um, we all just have problems in our thinking, then it's going to be a realignment of our thinking that's going to get us through this. If it's just we need to wipe morality away, then then complete freedom and anarchy is going to be the solution. It's whatever the problem is, there is a equal solution. But if you don't get the problem right, that it's actually sin, then you're never going to get a proper solution. And there's never going to be hope because no matter how um, licentious we get or free we get or rich or whatever it is, it's not going to solve our problems because the hope is only in the cross of Christ. It's only Christ who deals with our sin who actually redeems us, who actually fixes the biggest problem. And the last question is, where are we headed? And so like, where's history going? Like, like you hear a lot about like the right side of history, the wrong side of history. Well, where exactly is history going anyways? Now, if you have a secular worldview, then 
the history, like you see movies about it, you hear about it, we're warned about it, like global warming, the the whole planet is, it, it, it's we're doing harm to it. And eventually we're just going to annihilate ourselves. Like eventually there's going to be just an extinction that's going to happen and we're all going to die. That is the inevitable future from a secular worldview. Like we're all killing ourselves and we're all going to die in the end. Just like there was a big bang, there's going to be another big bang and we're all going to die. So in other words, we're here for no reason and we're really going nowhere. And so you can imagine why we're having so much problems with just and purpose and meaning and, and, and this sense of who we are on this planet. But the Bible really answers this question, where are we headed? We're headed to the new kingdom of Jesus Christ. We're headed to a new earth and a new heavens where, just like Adam and Eve, we're in a garden with God, walking in His presence, perfect before Him, without sin, that's where we're going. We're going back to a perfect garden city where we're walking with God, free from sin, glorifying Him and enjoying Him forever. That's where we're headed. So you see, the Bible, when you think about the most um, basic and also most complicated questions that all of us, in a sense, are asking, the Bible has the best answers. How do we get here? God created us. What's wrong with the world? We've sinned. How do we fix it? We don't. Jesus did. He died on the cross for our sins. Where are we headed? We're headed to a new kingdom with him where all of sin will be done with and we'll live for righteousness in a kingdom where we glorify and enjoy God forever. That's that's the the questions to our deepest longings. But if you look at a culture, how do we get here? Well, we don't really know, and it's a big accident, so there's no purpose. What's wrong? Well, we really don't know for sure, so we're going to blame a lot of things. And how do we fix it? We're going to try a lot of fixes, but none of those are actually going to deal with the real root problem. Where are we headed? Well, we're not really headed anywhere, so just define your own life, do your own thing, and live out your own happiness. And so we can see just comparing a secular worldview to a biblical worldview why in a culture we are so longing and wanting for what we can't get? Because the Bible has the answers to our deepest longings, to our deepest problems, and gives us true hope and a true future. So as we look at these four questions, I want you to think about people that you know who don't understand a biblical worldview that they would lean more to a secular worldview. They would believe more that there is no God, that we just got here. And in their minds, that worldview makes sense. And I want to encourage you to take these four questions, to think about them more deeply, and enter into their world and ask them questions that get them to explore. How do we get here? What's wrong? How do we fix it? And where are we headed? Because as they begin to explain their answers to those questions, you're going to see areas where their, their answer, it's not sufficient. And you can then show them, hey, you say the problem is politics. You say the problem is mental health. You say the problem is oppression. You say the problem is this and the fix is this. But, you know, if, if we actually solve those 
it wouldn't still lead people to flourish in a perfect way because, well, you know your heart and you know your neighbor's heart and there's going to be other problems that come out of those. That you're going to get to see them, oh, yeah, the real problem is something under the surface that I can't see that is more fundamental than I'd ever know and that is we've sinned against the Holy God and the only solution is the cross of Christ. And guess what? The cross of Christ, it's a better solution. It's a better hope. And it gives us a future that is better than what we could make for ourselves. A future with King Jesus forever. So I would encourage you to take a biblical worldview and go to your friends who don't share a biblical worldview. Go to your your neighbors and your coworkers and just challenge them with these four questions Listen to their answers, and then you give a biblical answer to these four questions. And just let the Holy Spirit take the truth of Scripture and the better worldview of the Bible and let Him work in their hearts. And maybe they would see that what they need is ultimately the cross of Christ and the glory of God. Because I think everybody is asking these four questions, every worldview has to answer these four questions. But I would say only the Bible has sufficient answers for these four questions. Well, hey, I hope that this little uh, dive into worldview answering these four questions has helped you see that the Bible, it really does explain life better than anything else. And I hope that that has made you love your Bible, want to read your Bible more, because when you love your Bible, you will love God, serve people, and live a life that matters. Hey, again. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Share it with a friend. If you want to tell them about it, you can always rate, review. I actually read them, and I'm always just encouraged if you take the time and write me a little note in the reviews um, because, hey, it means the world to me. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you up next week.